So if you guys have your Bibles, you guys should be in Ephesians chapter 4 is where where we're at. And I'm going to go ahead and read. This is a a new section where Paul, well, it's continuing this uh, this section of Paul saying this new society that we have in Christ. Last week we talked about putting off and then putting on. And that is putting off the old self. That Christ does that through the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's this new self, this new life we have, not just individually, but a part of the community that we live together. Um, and then Paul, for the next several verses, from verses 25 all the way to chapter 5, verse 2, he begins to lay out how this looks like, living into the new community. And so today we only have one verse in chapter 4, verses 5. I'll read this one verse for us, pray, and then we'll jump into God's word. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for you are members of one another. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word. And we thank you that your word has been preserved for us, that we have it, that we can interact with it, that it in itself is living and active. And so we pray by the Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would bring a level of conviction and of your warmth and of your love and your transformation in our lives, Jesus, as we look at this word, as we look at what it means, Lord, to get away and put away falsehood and to actually to live in speaking the truth, Lord, that you give us in Christ. God, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we all have at least one friend in our life. We all know that person who, for whatever reason, just is like always lies. Like all their stories, you know their lies. Everybody else knows their lies. I think they know it, but everyone just kind of goes along with it. You guys know that person, right? Right? Come on. Right. And you know what I'm going to say if you don't know that person? You're that person. So, right? Right? You guys know me. All right. So I have a particular friend, and, and it's not just that he just tells lies. Like, he lives lies. Now, don't try to guess who this friend is. He doesn't go to this church. He doesn't live in this state and so forth. You don't know him, right? And um, a few years ago, we sat down and we were just talking because he was kind of just messing his life up. And I said, man, why, like, why do you do this, like, over and over again? And he said something to me that was so, like, it just hit me. And he says, he goes, Rick, I don't even know how to, like, like live in the truth. I don't even know how to tell the truth. I don't, even, I don't, I don't know any other, like, way to, to, to live. And, like, it's sad because here's a grown man who's going, it's just the way I've lived my whole life. And people have liked that version of me. And so I've kind of just lived in that version of whoever that person is. I don't even know who I am. He literally said those words. I don't even know who I am. Right? Not a Christian. Doesn't walk with Christ or anything. But I think he just is just a picture of every single one of us. Right? So, like, we can say, well, I'm not a liar. But the reality is we all lie. Every single one of us, we lied. You lied this week, and I don't, part of me was like, let me prove to the people who don't think they're liars how they need to lie. No, you're a liar. If I, if I said right now, okay, who in here is not a liar? The person who raised their hand is a liar, right? And so there, there, there's a sense of, I don't need to prove to you. We, we do it, and it's silly. We all know it's silly. Sometimes there's lies that we have that we live into. Sometimes you will find yourself. And you will have a certain lie, and you'll be talking to some people, and they'll ask you, hey, did you see that movie? Or whatever it may be, something super trivial. You'll be like, yeah, 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 I saw it. And you walk away, and you go, I know I, know I didn't see that. Why, did I, why does that matter? I'm grown. Why does that matter, right? And, it's, and it, part of it is this way. It's like we don't, we don't know any different. So you, you think a child, right? Baby comes in this world, baby, in the world, baby grows up. Baby starts crawling. At some point, if it's an uh, you know, able-bodied baby, that baby, she's going to learn how to walk. Now, it's a little bit of nature and nurture. There's a part where she's just looking at the environment that she's in, and she's going, everybody else is walking. When I get a chance, I'm going to walk. She starts crawling. She pulls up on a few things, and eventually she starts taking steps. Um, But some of it is just like it's in her to walk. 
Like it's inner. We, we actually don't have to teach people how to lie. Right? When you think about your upbringing, whether you thought it was good or bad or indifferent, like no one said, hey, listen, oh, now, now, here's how you lie. Right? Now, they might, you might have had parents, right? Some of us have had parents who did tell us to lie. Like, and hey, now, hey, listen, now, don't tell them, uh, <laughs> don't tell your mom that, uh, right? We, we've had that before, too. But like the instructions on, this is how you grow up as being a liar. Got it? Right? There's no, there was no fables on that or anything like that. It, it was in you. It was in you. And in some cultures, in some communities, it's fostered more and more and more that we don't even really know who we are. Well, then Paul, Paul says something here. But read verse 20, 25 with me again. He says, therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. Listen to this last part. For we are members of one another. Before Paul gets into falsehood and truth, he, he, he says, here's the goal. The goal is not just don't tell lies, tell the truth, right? Those are the activities. The goal is to realize you are part of a body. You are members of the church for those who are in Christ Jesus. That you are a part of a community. And like meaning the goal is actually community. And like a real community. See, we, we use the word community in our culture in this like general sense. Like everybody's like community. There's community. There's a school community. This community. I live in this community. Starbucks promotes community. Like they're not doing community. They don't even get my name right. Right? There's two C's, not one, but I'll take it. Right? right? It's like, it's, it's not like real community. What he's talking about here is what the Bible talks about when it talks about the body of Christ are people who are fully known and at the same time fully accepted. And there's something about that's innate in us that desires to be fully known and fully accepted, and yet there's a fear that we'll never get that. And so we live, and if you ask everybody in here, in some degree of loneliness. If you ask people around our country, no matter what the age, no matter what your ethnicity is, no matter what, how much money you make or don't make, no matter what your education is, people are alone. Even though they're in proximity with people, they're alone. And part of the reasons why we're alone is we don't know people and people don't know us. So when we hear a text like this, at first we hear, having put falsehood um, way, let each of you speak the truth. We naturally hear, don't be liars. And that's part of it. No, but that's not the goal. Like, we have to go, like, why do we get to the point where we live in a particular falsehood? How does my buddy get to the point where I don't know any different? And so I've been giving a self, like, my particular false self is what I've been projecting. And people kind of like that false self. So I actually live in that narrative. And it's a false narrative. It's not the narrative that God gave you. It's not even your narrative. But you live in it for so long that you don't even know what your narrative is. And many of us, we come and we accept Christ, but I don't know if we really believe that Christ accepts us or who we really are. Like, that's a difficult part. So yes, Paul is saying, therefore, because God's grace has been given to you, because Christ has died and has been raised, because this new community, this new society, that there's a way in which we live in community that we don't lie to each other, but it's not just we just don't tell lies, but it's like we don't give up false selves. And so you think about this falsehood. What is this falsehood he talks about here? That, that word literally means the lie. Like, like, get rid of the lie. And so the lie could be based in your identity, as Paul talks about in Romans chapter 1, based in your identity on anything that's other than the saving work of Jesus Christ. And so when you find your identity on anything other than that, what happens is you, don't, you no longer are a human being. You become a human doing. And the way you find your identity is basically on your performance, what you can and what you cannot do. 
what you have and what you have not done. And then if you're good at it, then you have a particular view of yourself. If you're not good at it, then you have a particular view of yourself. And what happens is not only is this just something lies in which we speak to ourselves, but these are actually lies in which we believe. And the way that this happens is we have this false view of ourselves that some of us, we think too highly of ourselves. Somebody should have said amen. Um, and, and, and some of us, we think too lowly of ourselves, and equally somebody should have said amen. And both of those are, are just a way of pride. None of those are the way that God sees us. And then what happens is we tell lies from this distorted view of God, distorted view of ourselves, and distorted view of others. And why wouldn't we? Because it's the culture in which we live in. The reason why Paul says put off, having put off the old stuff, he's saying this is natural because these are the waters in which you swim in. This is the way culture is. Everything, I mean, honestly, everything is lying to us. I was taught this, and we do this with our kids. Um, when our kids watch commercials, there's, after the commercial's over, they're supposed to say, who do you think you're kidding? Because they're lying to them, right? <laughs> and, and, and I know that they're not always lying, but they're kind of lying, right? And so I, I remember when the boys were really, really little. They're still little, but when they were really little, they're like, oh, there was an apple juice commercial. And they're like, oh, who do you think you're kidding? We don't need apple juice. And then one of them was like, oh, we kind of, we don't have any apple juice, right? And so, all right? So there, but there's a sense of going, here's what the, one of the biggest lies we hear. I don't care how good you are at what you do. You are not enough. You're not enough because you don't have something. You haven't achieved something. You haven't accomplished something. There's no legacy that you left behind. That you are never enough. Like there's, there's not a commercial that, that gets caught and it goes, oh, yeah, by the way, you're enough. That's it. You don't even need this product because you're enough. But if you want it, yeah, you should get it maybe, right? That's the end of the commercial. Like that just never happens, right? Like you are told over and over again, you are not enough, now, side note, don't quote that part of me and then go tweet it somewhere and say, well, our pastor said we're not enough, right? I'm saying that's what other people are saying. You're, you're not enough. And then you believe that. And then so you go out and try to achieve something that would make you enough, something that you can put before everybody else. In a lot of ways, something you can put before God. Part of this is the falsehood. We tell lies because there's a certain me that I want to betray before you, Right? It's, it's, there's no way I'm going to give you my true self because what if you don't accept my true self? Or I've tried before and no one's wanted it. And I see this way that's really not me. People want. And gang, we desperately want to be wanted. And if we're just honest, we're just a room full of adults who just don't get it. And, and Paul is saying, like, that is actually not the way of Christ. And when you believe fundamentally the falsehood that that your, your, your life is rooted or based on anything other than the saving work of Jesus Christ and all sorts of distortions. And the reason why it's work, it, like, like you, we continue to live in it, it works. We actually live in a world that that works. In fact, you can become very good at a lot of things off being massively insecure. Like most of us, if we're just, just God honest, we become good at what we're at, at what we do, because we don't want to be seen as someone who's not good at it. We quit things because we don't want to see it as someone who's not at it. We don't try things or take risks because we're like, we don't want to be seen as the people who failed at it. That's not the way of Christ. That's all lies. And then because we don't believe that we're enough or we believe the lie that we're not enough, sometimes we think the gospel is the gospel makes us enough. Let me tell you something. The gospel doesn't make you enough. The gospel reveals to you the very truth that you were already enough. 
that just by being created in the image of God, you are enough. If you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, that you are enough. You may not understand the brokenness that's in you, that's only healed and forgiven in Christ Jesus, but the gospel is, it reveals to you that you are actually enough. It reveals. It doesn't make you anything. It makes you one with God, but God doesn't say, you weren't enough, so I sent my son Jesus to make you enough. You were more than enough, and so I sent my son Jesus because I loved you. And that type of unconditional love, it becomes Christian jargon. Like, if you can imagine how to describe love without using your Christianese, like, oh, unconditionally love, okay, what does that even mean? Like, how do we describe and experience the type of love that God has done for us and taken the old self off and taken falsehood that now we can live in the truth? And here's the truth. I'm not okay, and neither are you. Like, here's the truth. I am not perfect, and neither are you. And we shouldn't you know, just revel in the fact that, oh, we're, we're all imperfect. No, in the fact that God loves us. And you'd say, well, well, aren't we all sinners? Yes, but here's what we do as believers. We identify maybe a half-truth, and that is that we are sinners, which is true. But we are sinners who are deeply loved by God. And that is fundamentally different. So, so my... I learn a lot from my kids, right? Everybody does. And I remember I used to listen to pastors talk, and I was like, dude, did you not learn anything else other than this kids? Like, come on, find something new. Yeah. Uh, so, so my kids, they, they, um, they're just different. I mean, that's just the way God's made them. And, uh, and we, were, we were trying to, I, I wasn't trying to do anything other than to get them to talk. And I said, hey, uh, tell me something about yourself that I don't know, or we don't know. What's something about yourself that we don't know? You know they're nine and seven, and so I wasn't thinking anything deep, but... Um, and one of our kids, he, he's just too honest. Like, he just was like, oh, here's my, uh, my you know what, let me out myself right now. Uh, <laughs> and so, and I'm not going to tell you their names and which ones does whatever, but those of you who know my kids, you're going to probably figure it out. Um, so one of them says, yeah, here's something that you probably, no one knows is, when you guys go to sleep at night, if I can't sleep, I, I wake up and I watch TV when you guys are sleeping. <laughs> Get a beer, sit down, just watch TV, right? <laughs> it's like, what? Like, and I wasn't even trying to get him to, like, confess anything. He's like, all right, how do I, how do I say this? <laughs> right? Our other son, the opposite. Even when we're trying to get him to tell the truth, it's like a bold-faced lie so quick. I mean, it's not even, it's like so quick. It's like, no, 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 I didn't do it. Listen, there's me and you in this house right now. Nobody else is here. This was on the table. Now it's on the ground. Um, who did it? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> And it's just like, ugh, you know what I mean? Because you're like, dude, you're lying, right? So, so then I, I go to the point because I, like I, I don't want my kids to live and carry shame. We all do. And, and I don't want him to think, if you tell the truth, God's going to love you. God already loves you. So I say, buddy, 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 I'm very frustrated. In my mind, I'm saying all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, buddy, I'm shaking. Um, I get my hands off his neck, and then I say, someone's like, you shouldn't joke about that. Okay. Um, I said, if you just tell me the truth, I just want the truth. I want to celebrate the truth. There are consequences, but buddy, I love you. You're not going to get in trouble. There's consequences, but I, I just love you. And then when he finally tells the truth, what I love about this, and it's so broken, and it shows up, he has these big tears. Buddy, I did it. And I just didn't want to get in trouble. I just didn't, you know, I thought if I, and he just like goes through why he's lying. And there's a sense where 
still want to lie. But somehow he's conditioned to believe that's the best way. We all know as adults, nobody really wants to lie. It just seems like that way is better than the way of God. That sometimes temporarily, just maybe just for a moment, this is actually better than what God has. It's actually believing the lie. That there's something greater and better outside of the work of God in Christ. That there's an actual life that could be better outside of Christ. Even though we know it's not, it's almost like, it, it, it seems like it could be. But when we're confronted or we realize in our own hearts, when we walk away from our friends, our spouses, the people we know, and we've lived a falsehood, we know, like, that's not even me. So when I was in college, what I hated is when my, my coach would say to me, like, dude, I like you, man. You're, you're the type of guy that I want to marry my daughter. And I'm like, if he really knew me, he would never say those words. Don't we all feel like that as adults? Like, as much as we want people's approval and praise, when they actually say, you're a good father, you're like, oh, no, don't, don't say that around my kids, right? <laughs> Nobody wants to be the ideal example of being a father or a mother or a boyfriend or a girlfriend because you know yourself. And it's like, who loves this self? And the Bible is like, that's the self that God loves. Like, he, thank you. <laughs> there, there's a, there's, there's a, there's, there's this, there's this sense of going, the, the goal is rich community. And the reason why we don't have rich community is because we don't bring ourselves to the community. We bring these false selves to, to the community. Paul says, that's the way you should live if you don't know Jesus. That's the way that you're conditioned to live apart from Christ. Um, there's, a new work, there's a new work in Jesus that is happening. And there's a new life. There's new clothes that you put on that he says, put off and put on. These new clothes that we live into that, 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 are, that are actually the best life in Jesus. And the, the way that he says that here is that put off the falsehood, he says, um, verse 25, put away falsehood and let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor for you are members of one another. And there's that goal of community to speak the truth. And that is tell people the truth. <laughs> that is confession if there's moment of confession. That is encouragement. Because on the flip side, sometimes it's not just our lies. It's our, it's our lies about ourselves. It's our lies about God. It's our lies about people. It's gossip. It's slander. It's all the things that we can do with the tongue. And these are, but there's these other parts that we can live into as neighbors when we tell the truth. Now, I do want to point out something. When Jesus talks about love your neighbors, he's talking about your neighbors. Like, anybody is your neighbor. Here, when Paul says this, he's specifically talking about brothers and sisters in Christ. He's not saying, tell the truth to your Christian friends, but lie to your non-Christian friends, right? That's not what he's saying. But he's saying there is something about the community of Christ that there has to be a level of deep intimacy in non-sexual ways. Somehow we believe that that's attainable, but many of us have not yet experienced it. And the reason why we haven't experienced it is because we're with people who we've known for a long time, and yet we are equally as strangers as we were the first day we met them. Because who... <laughs> It doesn't seem like it's safe enough. It doesn't seem like it's right enough. It doesn't seem sometimes like it's appropriate enough to really fully give myself to you and for you to fully give yourself to me. And I'm not saying that we need to go around, okay, here's what we're going to do now as an application. Turn to the person to your right and your left. Whatever you've been struggling with your entire life, tell them. No, that's not, like, that's not I don't think that's healthy either, by the way. <laughs> but there's a level of saying how do I, do I live in proximity with people? Um, how do I, not just proximity, how do I live into the oneness that Christ has? It says speaking the truth. And the truth is the truth about who God is. And the truth is about who God is as he relates to you. And here is the truth that God, as God relates to us. He sends Jesus to us 
And he sends Jesus to us because he desires us. There's no potential in this. There's no particular performance in this. That, that we can now like, get from behind these false identities that we have. And you say, where do these false identities come? Yeah, they come from your family, and yeah, they come from our culture, but they go all the way back to the beginning of the story that we see in the scriptures that when Adam and Eve sinned, like when sin entered this world, the first thing they did is they got fig leaves and they covered themselves because they did not know how to live exposed before God and each other. And we have since been making metaphorical fig leaves to cover ourselves. We have metaphorical fig leaves of like obedient kids, whatever that means, right? We have, we have metaphorical fig leaves of successment, successment. That's how bad it is. <laughs> successment, right? And I, I don't want to try to act smarter than you guys because I knew that word, but there's a... <laughs> we have metaphorical fig leaves of being successful and achievement, <laughs> right? Slow down. We have all of these things, whether it's beauty, whatever it may be. Like, it's like, can I hide behind this? And it actually prohibits us from being the people who God created us to be. Kids get it. Young kids get it. Because they're just themselves. They say things that they don't know yet they're not supposed to say. They ask things they're not, they don't know yet they're not supposed to ask. Like, there's something about that, why God says we should have faith as children. Um, and if we have a distorted view of ourselves, the life that we're offering to God may not be our own lives. And Jesus didn't die for our fake lives. He actually died for the lives in which we actually live. That's our inner self and our outer self. And the way the gospel works is he does the transforming and he does the renewal. And the way that we can get this community that Paul is talking about is putting away the falsehood because that divides. And the reason why it divides is when, I, when you lie, can't trust you. When you don't fully give yourself, we don't know you. And when you believe and live into lies about yourself, we don't know what else to do to speak the truth into your life. The inverse of that, of living in the truth, is actually under having a right view of who God is as it relates to myself. And the way that I really know myself is by knowing God and, and, and back and forth. So now I can give my whole self to God. And my whole self to God is even the parts of me that are imperfect. Even the parts of me that are sinful. Even the parts of me that I like and that I don't like. Instead of living in perpetual lies. Like all of, all, all of us at some level, we just live in this sense of... Uh, um, that we're not enough, and God is saying, you're more than enough. And he's not just pep talking. He's more like, listen, why would I leave the comforts of heaven to come for you if I didn't think that you were, more, you were worthy of it? <laughs> right? And I, and I get I'm a pastor, so I need to tell you every week, you are a sinner, you need Jesus, all of those things. But sometimes the way in which we, and I can say myself included, we talk about sin sometimes. We talk about it almost as if, all right, this is off my notes that are not here anyway, is... Sometimes the way we talk about sin is we talk about it in a way that since we want to highlight grace, we have to tell you what a miserable loser you are. You are worse. You are a worm. You are a puke. You are nothing. But here's grace. And then we expect why people are hiding half their sin, hiding, hiding half their life, because it's somehow we believe that I need the bad parts of me. I need to keep away and only present and give my good parts. And God says, I want all of you. Let me deal with that. Like, that's good news. That is the good news that we have hope and we find hope in. When I was a young kid, for me, this is how this stuff started for me. Um, we moved out of our inner city to a suburb in, like, think Southern California suburb. Um, and we went to a school that was pretty diverse and, like, it was in the, 
like the way our town was split, there was like the north and the south, and the north was like um, all the rich kids. You can hear my bias from that. And then the south were just the normal kids. And then, uh, <laughs> and they built the school in the area where the, where the rich kids were. My assumption is because they didn't want them to have to keep driving down to where, anyways. And so there's, there's um, they couldn't fill the school. It was a brand new school, elementary school. So they, they bust all the apartment complexes up there. So we live in an apartment complex. And I didn't ever think I was poor until I start going to this school. So the way that they would come pick us up is the bus would come pick us up, all the little apartment kids, and then they would take us up to the school. And you drive up to where the school was, and you realize, I mean, this is like early 1990s, so it was like two-story houses, three-car garage, basketball hoop out front, Astro Aerostar van, um, swimming pool, right? 2.5 kids, like 0.5, there's 0.5 right there. And so there's, there's, there was just this life, and for me, no one told me this, but I heard, like, you're poor. Don't let these people know where you live. And so the way home, they would actually drop us off first, and then they would go to the other homes. So I would actually begin to get off on the bus, like two bus stops away from my apartment complex. I'm nine years old. And somehow I'm thinking, eight or nine years old, I'm thinking, oh, these guys can't know. And then you lie. You just lie because there's this false something that I want from you because I don't think that you really would want me. Well, Carter, where do you live? Oh, over there. Where? You know where the bus bus stop, the bus stop. But I always see you walking this way. Oh, yeah, I, you know. Anyways, got to go, right? I mean, you would just make up whatever you can make up to just kind of just, you know, just to be there. And like you, we, we do that in multiple ways, multiple ways that like we don't know how to be honest with ourselves. And Paul is saying for us to have rich community, you have to really know that you're loved by God. Like you have to know that he really loves you, like, that, like really loves you. Can you sin against him? Yes. Can you grieve his Holy Spirit? We're going to get to that here in a few weeks. Absolutely. But does he stop loving you? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Can I give all of myself to him? Yes. And then when you understand that rightfully, you understand who you are, and then you can give yourself to people. And that is scary because people won't always accept you. People are not like us, and yet this is the community that we're trying to form. So are there going to be moments where I gave myself to somebody and they didn't give themselves back? Absolutely. Are there going to be moments where I gave myself to somebody, they didn't respect it? Absolutely. But by, God, by the grace of God, you can give yourself to somebody and they're going to give themselves back to you. And you can actually begin to experience what it means to be fully known and fully loved in the intimacy in Jesus Christ and the intimacy of one another. When we live in a rich community like that, there's nothing else that the world can offer. Like, that can only be experienced in people whose identity is not based on what they can or cannot do. That it's not an identity that's based on power. It's not an identity that's based on um, privilege. It's not an identity that's based on anything other than the fact that we were creating the image of God, broken by sin, and Jesus loved us so much that he was in hot pursuit of us and is keeping us together in his family to live as a family that the world may know about his love. Amen? It's difficult. It's hard. Um, but it's actually being able to be fully known and also to fully know and to be fully loved and also to fully love um, after the image of Christ and ultimately in the power of Jesus Christ as a community. Amen? So let's go ahead and close your Bible, your app. Um, let's pray, and um, John will come lead us in response. Father, we, um, we confess that one of the hardest things to do and one of the hardest people to be with is ourselves. And one of the hardest people to accept, oftentimes, are our own selves. 
And Father, somehow we've, we've believed multiple lies and we live in these lies and we are thankful that your gospel is doing a restorative work in our lives. Many of us, Lord, we have been taught to, Lord, not present or give ourselves to anybody. And so we live detached and we live distant from you and from others. And we pray, Lord, for the Holy Spirit to be a work in us, to renew us, that not only would we speak and live in the truth, Lord, we'd be able to rest in the truth fully that's in Christ Jesus. That we'd be able to invite others into our lives and others would be able to invite us into their lives. So, Lord, we give to you our imperfections. We give to you our limitations, knowing that you accept all of us, Lord, whatever we think is good and bad, and in Christ you forgive us. May our obedience, may our joy, and may our repentance and life flow from who you are in us, and may our community be enriched and also strengthened in the oneness in which we have in you with Father, Son, and Spirit. God, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.